close your eyes and pull like that. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarthy. On today's show we'll be chatting to Aston Villa and Ireland midfielder Conor Howrahan who very kindly invited us into his home in Bandon last week for a look back on what has been a career best season. We'll also hear from West Cork Ladies football manager Brian McCarthy ahead of their seasonal opener this Thursday night. And there's also the small matter of the round four qualifier draw to discuss as well. But Kieran, let's not bury the lead any further. Our listeners probably didn't tune in to hear us waffling on. So let's hear from the man of the moment, Bandon's Connor Howrahan. Um, we're delighted to be joined on the Star Sport podcast this week by Connor Howrahan. First off, Connor, congrats on becoming West Cork's first ever Premier League player. A man who's gone from the town park here in Bendon to the Premier League. It's uh, it's an incredible rise. Has it sunk in yet that you've that you will be a Premier League footballer? Um, I suppose it has a little bit. Now, now the weeks have passed. Um, it took a couple of weeks to, to kind of for it to sink in. Um, little bits, you know, that have happened over the last couple of weeks make me think, oh, this is actually kind of real. Uh, different conversations with people. The fixtures coming up was a big one. You know, seeing a, a complete new set of teams. You know, to to look out for. Um, you know, we had the international games as well, so that we went straight from playoff final into that. So, mm-hmm. to, you know, there was, there was concentration on that. So, but um, now since the internationals have done, and like I said, the fixtures have come out. Um, yeah, it's starting to sink in a little bit now. Where were you that Thursday morning when the fixtures came out? Uh, I was on holidays mm-hmm. um, with my partner and, and my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was one of one of them kind of moments where um, you know you're looking out for the big teams, of course, yeah. and. Um, that was a that was a kind of a, a moment as well where I kind of like I said it, it sunk in a little bit. What was the standout fixture for you? So what's the one that you went for straight away? Um, probably the two Manchester clubs, obviously um, Manchester City, obviously with um, them being champions and, and how they play and Man United because I used to you know follow them growing up and I still do now. So they were the kind of two teams that kind of I was looking for on the, on the fixture list. Yeah. And of course, you'll have a Midlands derby this year against Wolves as well. Yeah. That'll be one that the fans will be looking forward to over. Definitely, yeah. That'll be that'll be a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the fans love love a derby. Obviously, the the big one, the kind of the Birmingham games now are going to be gone for this year at least. So um, it's nice to have another derby, of, of course. You know, because they're always good occasions. What excites you most about getting the chance to play in the Premier League? Um, I think just a, a case of showcasing yourself against the one, the best players in the in the world and the best league in the world. It's always something that I've wanted to do um, throughout my career. I've made no secret of that. Um, I've worked so hard to try and get there, and it's a case of you know, um, not just enjoying it, trying to make an impact at that level as well, and really testing myself to see you know where I'm at. Who are some of the midfielders so at the top clubs, or even in general in the Premier League that you're looking forward to kind of hitting your wits against? Uh, ah, listen, all, all of the top teams, you know, your Spurs and and mm. and your Cities and and your Liverpool's and United's, and you know, just to see what they're all about. Obviously, I've played against. I've been fortunate enough to play against. A lot of good players, international level, really. Um, that's where I've kind of came across the top players so far. But um, to play against the kind of players week- weekly, now would be a great test and one I'm really, really looking forward to. You mentioned Spurs there, and obviously Villa kicking off the Premier League. I think away to Spurs in, yeah. in early August, like kind of Champions League finalists this year, top top team. Mm-hmm. How much are you looking forward to that? Like that's a great 
game to start the season that's going to whet the appetite. Yeah, fantastic. Um, a great game to start off. Start off with to see you know um, what they're about and you know their new stadium and all that kind of stuff. So Allison will be fantastic. Um, that was a great game to start off with. It's not going to be easy, of course, mm-hmm. but uh, one that um, you know myself personally is definitely um, really lo- looking forward to. How much of a challenge would this be for you? Because like your story is well documented, Connor. Kind of you drop down the leagues to work your way back up, and now you've you've reached the top, the pinnacle. Kind of how much of a challenge is it for you now? And how much are you looking forward to kind of to prove that you that you are a Premier League player and you you, you do deserve to to be up there? Yeah, uh, no, it'd be huge, huge challenge. I'm, I'm I'm not going into the season, you know, naive, knowing that it's going to be easy. It's going to be really tough. You know, there'll be some really tough games that you know probably. It, with, that the games will fly by and we, other teams will dominate the ball against us or whatever but you know I'm really um, looking forward to getting back um, and really kind of testing myself at the top um, it's something I've always wanted to do and uh, you know I'm, I really want to kind of grab the opportunity again with both hands like I've done it at all the levels and uh, really kind of make the most of it you kind of said there like you kind of whatever the level is whatever the challenge is over the years whether it was Plymouth, Barnsley, Villa mm. you've always raised your game to the next level is that something you feel you have to do again now for the Premier League you have to take it on even more yeah definitely without doubt you know championship to the Premiership is going to be a big big leap um, you know I've always had that self confidence and self belief in myself that I'll be able to um, play at the levels already that I've played at um, and going to the Premier League will be no different I'll be going there thinking I'll be able to do it you know I'll, I'll work hard like I have all, over the years mm-hmm. and um I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I'll be alright. Looking at the journey you've taken over these years, since you left Spending as a 16-year-old back in, she's what is it now, thir- 12, 13 years yeah, ago, something like that. Yeah, it's it, a long like, time. Yeah, like the journey you've been on has been absolutely incredible. Like, so does it even does it mean even more to you now the fact that you've got to where you want want to get to? You've always wanted to get to the Premier League. You've worked hard to get there. Does it mean a lot to you that you've that you've had to work really, really hard? Yeah, and listen, yeah, it, I've, I've I've come. You know, there's been some highs and lows, probably. You know more lows than than mm-hmm. highs along the way, and um, you have to cherish the, the highs when they come along. Um, but uh, it's not about just kind of taking part in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I really want to try and make an impact. You know, um, it's something that I've always wanted to do. It's something that I'll conf- I'm confident I'll be able to do. And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, it, it will it will it will go okay for me over the course of the year. A number of years ago, when we were talking. Something you say kind of struck struck a chord. It made so much sense. Um, when you when you went to Plymouth that time, you went because you wanted to play games. Mm-hmm. You were were twenty twenty one. You wanted to get games games under your belt, and you did. Yeah. It's very important for young players to, to to get the chance to play, even if it means dropping down a level or two. But get games, get experience, and help develop, and then you can move move up. Yeah, listen, that's that's what it's all about. Um, I think everyone kind of knows it's been well documented a lot of time that the resort football is probably not up to it. <laughs> um, you know, for for lads to break through. Um, yeah, it's important for lads to go out and get games. So you know, it's not easy. People think. You know, I think young lads should drop down, but you know, there's a there's an awful amount of young lads fighting for places to get into a lower league team, uh, and then when you get there, you've got lads that you know are are, are don't want to keep their own places or whatever you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, it is important for lads. Listen, for me, I just got a lucky break. I had to mm-hmm. grab the opportunity, like I said. You, sometimes in life, you know, you always um, get an opportunity, and uh, that was a big one for me, and I had to take it at the time. What's the goal so on target for Aston Villa this year? Is it about consolidation or are you looking to kind of to really make an impact? Or? Uh, no, listen, I think, uh, you know, it's a big football club. There'll be big expectations from the fans and all that, you know, but uh, we can't go into the go, in, go into the season thinking, you know, we're going to finish in the top or, top 10 mm-hmm. or anything like that. You know, it's going to be a tough, tough season. Um, if we stay up, that would be the ultimate goal, of course. You know, getting a, a kind of a solid season under, under the belt and maybe kicking on next year. But first and foremost, you know, we have to earn the right to stay in the league. And, uh, you know, we're all looking forward to the challenge. 
when you went to Villa first day, did you realise how, how big a club it was? Even here in West Cork, mm. we ran a piece in, in the start at that time, and that was kind of a call out to the local Villa fans. And I was inundated, like even the, the new yeah. uh, Chris O'Sullivan, I think he's the new county mayor or something, he's, right. a, he's an Aston Villa fan. There, there was loads of them. Were you surprised yourself? Or did you know how, how big the club is? No, I probably didn't know, to be honest with you. you know, over the course of my couple of years at the club so far, I've, I, I didn't realise how big it was. I knew it was big. I knew there was a big support and history behind the club. But there's, there's an awful lot of, awful lot of um, you know, Irish Villa fans. Um, and the more kind of success the club's having, the more kind of, you know, you're aware of, of, mm. of more and more kind of coming out and saying, oh, I'm a Villa fan or whatever, you know. But um, no, I probably wasn't aware how big the club was. But... Um, you know, like you said, whatever club I've been at, whatever level I've played at, I've always seen the thrive in it, and um, I think that's a good thing to have to have in my locker. Like your initial feeling, so after the playoff final at Wembley, just after beating um, Derby, what did that feel like? To kind of think, Jesus, we've done it, we've done it. Yeah, it was probably it was it was obviously listening a huge, you know, emotional, um, fantastic feeling, mm-hmm. but it was probably a relief if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I'd lost the playoff final the year before. Mm-hmm. Was desperate not to lose, you know. Back to back playoff finals that would have hurt, you know, definitely. Um, one was bad enough, two would have been um, pretty tough to take. So to get over the line the second time, it was for me anyway, personally, it was more relief, you know, that we've done it. And then, you know, as the kind of the days went by, then, you know, it was a, it was a case of real enjoyment and satisfaction that, you know, we got over the line. You've had a hell of a, a hell of a last couple of months, not only with Philip, but turning our attention to Ireland for a second, like you've really found your feet there at international yeah. level. How different is it under Mick McCarthy compared to the previous management? Yeah, listen, they're they're they're, they're different. Um, you know, Mick's a, a a great man manager with players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the lads love him, and there's a great feeling around the camp. Um, you know, Terry Connor's assistant is, is fantastic as well. You know, day to day kind of. On the field and on the field tactics and that, so you know, like I said, there's a great field factor. The lads are, are are delighted to you know to have the mood in the camp. Results obviously bring that as well. Good performances bring that kind of feel good factor as well. And at the minute, you know, we're going along nicely. Obviously, listen, the games that we've played, we've probably expected to win. Uh, the Denmark point was obviously fantastic, but um, you know, there's, there's tough games you know around the corner. Mick said he tried to sign you before as a player. Did, did that ring a bell when he was talking about that? Can you remember him? Uh, I actually didn't know that, to be honest with you. Uh, I think he was at Ipswich at the time yeah. and I went for Barnsley or something like that. I think maybe it was. Um, uh, I didn't know that, like I said. But, uh, you know, that's always nice when a manager kind of says that because, yeah, you know, he must see something good in you. You've had to be patient, I suppose, to get your chance at Ireland. Like, but, like, you have taken it. There was that man of the match performance away to Gibraltar. Then that free kick at home to Georgia, the winning yeah. free kick. Talk me through that, what it was like to see... First, when you were lining up and then to see the ball go exactly where you wanted it to be, hear the crowd erupt and yeah. just, just that feeling. Yeah, it was an amazing feeling. It, it's always been a, a target of mine to play for Ireland, kind of cement myself in the team, score for Ireland. You know, that's another kind of couple of boxes ticked yeah. off. Um, it was amazing. It was a dream come true, of course. Um, you know, huge satisfaction on it, with, with, with achieving, um, you know, that kind of goal of, of scoring a goal for Ireland, a winning goal as well, which, yeah. was, which was great. Um, so no it, it was a fantastic moment and one I look back on definitely with um, great pride what's it like when the ball goes exactly where you want it to go uh, no it's fantastic <laughs> a lot of the times it doesn't um, but no it was one of them for some reason I had that feeling that I was just going to go in and this was mm-hmm. kind of my moment like I go back to all the time that was another opportunity to, to kind of showcase myself you know and um, you know delighted that I was able to, to grab it like you said, there are good results so far. Top of the group. Tough games coming up, though. Kind of yeah. home to Switzerland, away to Georgia, and away to Switzerland in the next three games. Kind yeah. of like you, Ireland are in a good position at the moment, but 
what, what, what do you make of the challenge coming up over Yeah, this? listen, it's going to be hugely tough. I think the table lies a little bit at the minute because obviously we've played more games than mm-hmm. the rest. Listen, it's great to have the points on the board, of course. You know, to it, it, I'd prefer to be in our position than not having the points because mm-hmm. obviously other teams can slip up. Um, you know, we've had some good performances, good results. Um, but like you said, we know that there's tough games around the corner. Switzerland in the, in the next kind of um, international break would mm-hmm. be a tough game. But uh, you know it's at home to uh, you know in front of the Irish crowd and they'll get behind us and uh, you know hopefully we'll uh, put in a good performance and hopefully get a good result. Have you felt this kind of new kind of found wave of optimism kind of surrounding the Irish team at the moment? I think especially the game against Denmark, he tried to play football. You know, yeah. and you were keeping keeping the ball on the deck, especially the first twenty minutes. And, like you were good passing there, good movements, you're creating chances. You know, kind of with the greatest respect to the previous management, we probably didn't see that enough. Mm. But can you feel that there's there's just that renewed optimism around the team that the fans are really starting to get behind? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, the fans are seeing at, at least that we're trying to play in the <laughs> right way. Um, you know, we'll have our kind of our bad moments in games. Everyone does. Um, you know, the lads feel like they're playing with a little bit of freedom and, you know, we're, we're pressing teams high and trying, trying to win the ball back. There's no kind of 11 men behind the ball and kind of sit back and soak it up. We're, mm. we're having a bit of a go, you know, and I think the fans appreciate that. And, uh, you know, like I said, when you get kind of results from from playing in that kind of way, that breeds confidence to the lads, definitely. Before we let you go, I have to ask you, how much are you looking forward to pre-season? Uh, not, not very much so. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough, uh, you know, month or so going yeah. into the league. But, listen, I'm going back, um, you know, heading into the Premiership, which I'm hugely excited for mm-hmm. and one that I'll, be, I'll, I'll definitely be ready. How hard is pre-season? We hear these horror stories. Is it as hard as people say? Like, uh, no, listen, it's tough. It's definitely, yeah. it's definitely tough. I think the first week to two weeks are definitely the toughest and when you get over the first kind of week to two weeks um, you know the games start coming in and you get minutes under your belt and it kind of eases down into kind of a normal kind of routine a little bit because games obviously is your fitness the first week is tough definitely you know you're getting your base fitness and there's a lot of running and stuff but you know the horror stories like you said of um, you know, running until you're sick and all yeah. that. Then days are gone. Yeah. You know, it's so technical now. It's so you know, monitored and all that. You know, mm-hmm. sports science is, is top drawer. So um, it's tough, but the, you know, them, them kind of horror stories are kind of gone. Finally, it was great to be home in Bendon for, for for a couple of days. How how has life changed from the Connor that left Bendon all those years ago to the Connor who's home now? Kind of, can you walk down the street here in town? Uh, I know, yeah, I know. It, it's changed, of course. You know, on the field and stuff, and and the success I've kind of had so far is obviously that that changes automatically. But you know, um, on the same Connor that left here, t- whatever how many years ago, you know, it was love coming back, love you know going out for food with friends and family mm-hmm. and just spending time at home. I love coming home. Um, you know, so from that point of view, it hasn't changed too much. It's just that the kind of success in in on the field is is, is the only thing that's changed really. Brilliant, no, Connor. Thank you so much for joining us. Congrats on your success. Um, best luck for the season ahead, both with Villa and Ireland. Uh, obviously, I think I speak for everyone in West Cork. We're so so proud of you. Thank you. You put cheers. West Cork soccer on the map. You put West Cork sport on the map. So, best of luck. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. So, thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran. before we hear from West Cork Ladies Football Manager Brian McCarthy, the Cork Senior Men's footballers were handed what some are calling a favourable draw 
In the round four qualifiers this morning, they've been drawn to play Leash, and based on reports from the Leash Offaly game on Saturday, I don't think it's going to be as easy as some seem to be just some seem to be suggesting here. No, um, I think it could be a tricky enough game for Cork, and to, to be to be fair to both Cork and Leash, it's probably the draw that both counties wanted because Cork have avoided um, Tyrone, Mayo, and Clare. So if Cork could have handpicked the draw, they'd have gone for Leash. But I'd say at the same time, if Leash could have handpicked any opponent, they probably would have gone for Cork as well. So um, probably both counties are happy with the draw. Um, uh, Leash lost in the, the Leinster semi-final to Mead and then they went into the qualifiers and they beat Derry first and then they did a five-point win against Offaly last week. So it's the usual kind of conundrum for a losing provincial finalist. They're coming up against a team that's after building up a little bit of momentum coming through the qualifiers. So this Leash team now has two wins under, under their belt in the last two games. So confidence will be high and they'll fancy their chances against Cork. Um, like I just said, Cork will fancy their chances too. But it's so, so important now that Cork get another performance. Um, I know Ronan McCarthy, the Cork boss, said before that he doesn't deal with, with moral victories. But there were a lot of positives to take from from the loss to Kerry in the Munster final. But they really need to build the net again and they really have to drive on. Because if Cork lose to Leash on Saturday, then their season is over. And in a way, and it seems almost cruel, but it's almost back to square one. All their good work the last couple of games against Limerick and Kerry will be undone. Especially now when it's seen when it's seen as such a, a great opportunity to get to the Super 8s. Like if Cork win on Saturday in Turles, 5pm throw-in, then they're through to the Super 8s. And they're playing Dublin um, the weekend after in Croke Park. So huge prize at offer, Jack. Kind of three games at the highest level possible against Dublin against Connacht champions Roscommon and against the winners of Tyrone and Kevin so for this Cork team's development and for them to progress and get better they need to get into the Super 8s um, and they have a great chance yeah and just to, to reiterate what Kieran said there in relation to the timing and the venue Throwan is at 5pm in Semple Stadium on Thurles this Saturday evening so should be a decent crowd at this game. Leash usually travel in in serious numbers and Thurless is Thurless isn't too tough to reach and based on how the crowd reacted at the final whistle in the Munster final, there was a sense of we're all in this together. So if a good crowd turns up in Thurless on Saturday and Cork follow up with a good performance and beat Leash, you're there's real momentum being built there. Exactly, kind of. I suppose the one thing there, Jack, is that the Cork footballers, they're not known for having a great following, and the Cork hurlers are out on Sunday against Westmead in uh, their Ireland Hurling Championship. That game is up in Mullingar. I can see some people online uh, um, uh, earlier kind of saying that they should have made it a double hitter and so on, but I don't think it was feasible. I think that Westmead had home advantage for that game in Cusick Park, and that's a capacity of eleven or 12,000, so it wouldn't have been big enough to hold the two games. Um, so hopefully a big crowd will turn out for the Cork footballers. In the last game against Kerry, at least Cork gave their fans something to hang some hope off. You know, kind of There was enough shoots there to suggest that there's, there's more to come. But I have to reiterate, they need to see it home now. They need another big performance. Um, they need to build on the positives, positives that, they, that they showed against Kerry. They need to earn out some, some of the, the bad moments. They were quite open at the back. Um, Kerry could have had three goals in the first half. They only had one. So Cork could have had three goals in the first half as well. Yes. Yeah. Flip side. So there's um, just Cork need to tighten up a bit defensively. Um, they have they have the forwards. We've seen that with Brian Hurley and Mark Collins going well. Rory Dean is flying. So there's a lot of positives to take, in, take into this game. And it's just touch wood that the Cork footballers will do it. Because it'll be such an important step in this team's development. To, and I keep saying those three games in the Super 8s 
kind of they're obviously priceless, especially when you consider Cork are playing Division Three football next year. So this is a real chance for Cork to get quality games against against top top opponents. Kind of doesn't get higher than Dublin, you know. So hopefully, hopefully the lads will do the job on Saturday. Yeah, and hopefully this time next week we'll be previewing Cork versus Dublin in Croke Park. A mouth-watering proposition. But uh, thanks for now, Kieran. The West Cork ladies get their campaign underway on Thursday evening at Skibbereen's GA grounds. And Kieran, earlier today, you spoke to their manager, Brian McCarthy. We're joined on the Star Sport podcast by West Cork ladies manager Brian McCarthy. Thanks for coming all the way from the front office to join us in the in your studio here today, Brian. Um, Thanks, Kieran, for having me. Just before we chat about the, the first game, the, it's the first um, West Cork game in this year's Lady, Lady Senior Football Championship. Is this Thursday night, July 4th in Skibreen at, at 8pm? I think we've talked first, Brian, about there was uncertainty about the West Cork Ladies team. Let's go back even four or six weeks ago where it looked at maybe this, this team wouldn't be involved in the Senior Football Championship this year. Thankfully, I think common sense prevailed that the West Cork team is, is, is going to line out this year. But that's very important that there is an outlet here in West Cork for... I suppose for the junior and intermediate players that that chance to play senior football. Yeah, initially I suppose there was concern. There was great concern actually in West Cork that we wouldn't have a team in the championship this year. And I think, as you say, the board and the delegates above at that meeting saw since mm-hmm. and saw the benefit of having a divisional team within the championship. So much so that actually the conversation reversed and says, well, why don't we have more divisions mm-hmm. in the senior championship? Which obviously, from my point of view, would be brilliant, more games for girls. But I think there's a bigger picture here in terms of giving girls the opportunity to play senior football who might not get the chance to train also with Cork girls that are involved in the Cork senior squad, to train with them and then go back to their own clubs, which we think would be hopefully better players. Um, But initially, give them the chance to train and play senior ladies football. Um, We're looking to build. On this, for the next coming years, where we're being charged with them, and that's what we're looking at because we there's great work being done on the ground by clubs and also by the West Cork board in terms of development squads mm-hmm. at 13 and 15. And for them, they might, the girls might not know that they will reach Cork seniors, but they can see a goal with the West Cork senior ladies. So that's their problem. See, when West Cork kicked off, I think it was 2016, was the first year. There was divisions that year, New North Cork, East Cork. Um, Bear, is it Bear, right? Bear, And West Cork. So you had four divisions, but now it's only one. It's only the West Cork team, now was senior, so... Well, Bear was a club in itself. Yeah. Um, um, you had East Cork and North Cork. Mm-hmm. Mid Cork were due to come in, yeah. but unfortunately couldn't at the time. But uh, the very first game we played in the championship was an absolute cracker. I think we were there yourself. Yeah. Against North Cork, where you're coming up against the likes of Breed. At the time, who was playing with North Cork division. You had Deirdre Roy, who was there. Chloe Collins, Drum Tariff. Today, just a few women. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, it is something that the girls who have been there since day one will always recognise to the game that started us off because I suppose we were lucky to come over and win. Really. We did, and we gained momentum from that year on year. And look, everybody says to us that uh, I was such a huge kick. Uh, I would be saying that clubs within Cork as well mm-hmm. also have a huge kick um, to try and get a divisional team together and to work with clubs. Can be quite hard, yeah. as we say, the male counterparts in Carberry would know this as well. However, 
because of the meeting and because of the uncertainty, we are at least six to eight weeks behind where we should be. Um, so we're going into the McVad's game pretty cold um, in terms of preparation, but look, certainly looking forward to the game. Um, met the girls recently and have to say the, the spirit and the atmosphere is very, very good. Um, we're missing quite a few from last year. We've gained a few, um, but again, it's trying to gel them on the day to play side football that will suit us against Athens, one of the most respected and powerful clubs in Cork and that's in that. Like you said, try to gel on the day, but and you're touching it too, with divisional teams, logistically, it's so hard to get so many different players of all the different clubs in together, even to train at the Mindful Challenge games. And is that the hardest part of being manager of a divisional team, just try to coordinate everything and bring everyone in together? Well, I suppose uh, this year, well, I know Bailey's there and myself since day one, so I suppose we're used to it. Yeah. Um, James O'Manny from Udlum Ross has joined us this year, um, which we're, we're delighted with. There's no question about it. I think James is, is now seeing the realisation of how it can be so tough to get girls together. We recently had a challenge game, which we had, was it, 20 girls at, and we are missing a few more. But look, it just, the way to put it that way, we just got girls together. We accept that clubs will naturally come first. Yeah. And we're trying to work within that time, their time frame as well as their club games, but also trying to give girls a chance to play senior football with West Cork. And yeah, it is very, very tough. I suppose you do get used to it. I suppose two years ago we were in the same situation where I believe we had 78 girls on the Cork senior panel. This year we have, I think it's, it's nine, I believe. And um, again, with respect, would we see him this year? We might see him for games. I don't expect him to train with us. To a certain degree, I would expect him to turn up and be as, uh, be as, what am I the word I'm looking for? Be, what is the word I'm looking for? Come on. Be as active as usual. Yeah. However, I think um, you've got to work with him as much as you possibly can. But that's, that's the visual football once we're used to notice this. So we, we'll get on with it. We'll get on with it. I think people on the outside looking in think with such a fine panel, mm -hmm. strong panel in numbers and quality. Um, and yes, I wouldn't argue with that. We should, on the day, we have a, if we can put it together, we're as good as anything that's out there. Um, and come up against anything, obviously Morn Abbey would, with their, their squad, and the, the recent side, you know, Ideally would be famous again this year, but famous of theirs to be beaten. Before we look at the Vans game, um, just to check out the target for West Cork this year. Last year, you were beaten county finalists, took Morn Abbey to a replay, and it's worked I pointed out that one every team went on to win Munster and all Ireland titles. So West Cork were probably the only team that actually took more every to to to, um, to a replay last year. The two years before that, you were semi finalists. So considering the talent that is there too, like you said, there's, there's nine Cork seniors there from Martin O'Brien, Neve Cotter, uh, Emma Spillane from Bounty Blues is in there, Anya Terry Russell, and Claire O'Shea, the two Kylies, Melissa Duggan. It's um, phenomenal, phenomenal talent you can call them, Brian. So is the county the target this year? If, if you ask the girls this, and even though it says, we've always said from day one that the target is the very first game. Yeah. Um, yes, we got to come to final last year, and look, great experience for the girls, and I think what that has done has made hunger even greater. Uh, but I think we have a set of girls that, particularly the cop girls who know, they have true experience, they know that they're looking at Monster and Ireland, but they know if they don't win the first game, they're going to trouble. And they've brought that 
into the setup within West Cork as well as ourselves. We've always said that the first game is the most important game. Win that, move on to the next one, and so on and so forth. And we've always done that for the last three years, and we continue to do that. Yes, it would be great to get to another final, and whoever's there against us, fantastic, we'll enjoy the day, and we'll go to look to win it. But initially, we're, like I'll be honest, we're not looking to pass same balance. Very proud, very powerful club, great players involved in that club. We would talk about our panel of players. We're looking at Breach Cockney, Breach Stack, Kieran McCarthy, Kieran Hughes, as well as others within that Vera Foley, all playing with St. Pals. And again, we refer back to two years ago when we played them in the semi final in McCroom. And we, we had a powerful squad that day, and they beat us by three points. So those teams stick with us quite a bit and stick with the girls. So on Thursday night, Definitely the, the, what it is, the leaders within the squad will be talking to the other girls, mm-hmm. whether they're Cork seniors or the rest of the squad, saying, this is the same as lads, we're in for a huge challenge here on Thursday night. You were saying there are two very important to get off to a winning start. Would you consider the group that West Cork are in in the Cody Senior Football Championship? There's two groups of four teams, and in Group 1 is West Cork, St. Fells, Moore Abbey and Aero Oak. Like, that's a loaded group. So. And especially more likely to come down the road, and in their Oak team that's improving under John Cleary. How important is it to get off to a winning start at home to St. Bell's? And it's it's fantastic to see the game here in Skipperine, so kind of want to make make the most of home advantage too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's very important. Mm-hmm. I think you get momentum. Um, I would be hopeful that we will put in a good performance. Uh, I think, uh, again, as you say, bring it down to Skipperine. Um, as we don't have a pitch of our own, we try to utilise clubs within that are involved in the squad, and Skibreen is one of those. Again, Skibreen being a, one of the strong ladies' clubs, up and coming, really some great talent that's there. So we, we think for West Cork, for the game itself, the broaden horizon, Skibreen is a good central base, because you girls coming from Castlemere, which we do, as well as coming from even Shannon, Skibreen will be a good central base. So we'd like to have this other than Ross of Offord, their facilities, and yeah, it's very, very important to get off to a good start. And St. Bad will recognise that fact as well. So I think whoever turns up, and we are, we're hoping that we get a good local support from the clubs around the area for a cracking game. I do believe that, yeah. On a personal note, Brian, I know I was hounding you for once to, to find out whether you're coming back with West Cork or not. You're back now for a fourth year. And why? why? Is it a group you just couldn't leave, or what's, what keeps bringing you back to this group? Um, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's the, I think, for me, I think when you come up as, as a manager or a coach or the management team that's involved, right? And you're on the side and you want us to know the team that you believe that can play football at the highest level within the county. But you're also challenging yourself and the management team against the opposite management team. And when you're coming up against the likes of Shane Roney and John Cleary, just to name a few, you're coming up against some of the best coaches in, in Ireland, not only in Cork. And I have great respect for the opposite coaches that are there because they'll challenge you on the opposite with their team to say, right, we're going to throw this at you, we're going to throw that at you. So you've got to counteract that with your group of girls, yeah. or your teammates. And that's the challenge for me. Yes, I was very, very close to saying, normally I stay with a, a club team or a, a team three years, and I say enough is enough, but um, luckily some of the girls, look, they think back, look, let's have one more crack at it and see where, how far it takes us. And it is a hard group to go away from because they are very much involved in it. I think Anna Brady, who's been there since day one, is phenomenal behind the scenes. Um, and I think well, with James O'Man, he's a new voice this year. Did he write a fantastic work with us the last three years? So, look, you're trying to keep it going. So, whoever keeps comes in, 
what is next or the year after, has a solid foundation. That is one of the objectives of Saturn is that you have a solid foundation to work off of. And we do believe that, so look, we're going to enjoy it. And that's the part, enjoyable part of it is that you have to be able to enjoy coming up against these challenges. And look, we look forward to meeting St. Vads. We look forward to meeting Aero, who gave us a ferocious game last year over that old, um, one of the hardest games all year, where we were actually lucky to come out with John Cleary's team did a phenomenal job for John and, and Tom Skelly and then you're coming up against Shane Ronnie and Moore Navy, which you want to do just the challenge of, of Gaelic football I love watching covering ladies football games and I think I think more and more people if they can actually get along to the ladies game just to watch it they'll actually be blown, blown away but the skill level even the intensity the pace of the game um, so hopefully a, a, a big crowd will go along to Skibbereen on, on Saturday on, sorry just Thursday night because to have a senior championship game in Skibbereen and against two, two, two of the best teams, two of the best teams in, in the county, Brian. You kind of you hope that more people will just turn out to kind of, to kind of just to watch the game, watch the kind of the quality and skill levels of, of the of the players on show. And what is a few about the game? Like what what makes ladies football so enjoyable to coach and so good to watch? I think for, for me, you you're walking into a group of into into a dressing where you have a group of girls who are challenge you to be, become a better coach. That's number one for me. Number two, I think. For, as a supporter of ladies football, I think you're looking at a game which, at the moment, is not as um, it's a, it's a, it's cynical a, as men's football. Yeah. No, I would say this, that the way the game is going, mm-hmm. you can see that it's getting more physical. Yeah. All right? And we totally accept that that's the way the game. You see more teams that are using strength and conditioning coaches. I think it, it, I think that was a huge help to more Abbey last year. Mm-hmm. And I think other clubs will follow that route towards success. However, at the end of the day, I think when people come along, they, they say to me, it was a ladies' game, and the speed, they could not get over the speed, speed of thought, speed of player, and also the skill set of the players, which is, which is very, very good. That's great club, great credit to the clubs, as well as the development that's going on with the clubs. Like, so it's, it's enjoyable when you win. Yeah. When you don't, when, don't lose, sorry, when you don't win, you obviously are disappointed. However, it's, it's a great game to watch when it really is flowing, and I think... Next Thursday night, I think it'll be exactly the same as the previous battles we've had in the same pass where it's been nip and tuck. There's only been a kick of a ball between the two teams. I think we'll see exactly the same thing. They're a very pro club. And luckily enough, we, we have a very pro set of girls who, like I said earlier, the hunger that they had at getting to the final last year is still there. You can see they're, they're, they're texting each other, they're on each other to say, look, um, we've got to get this together. And... Look at Thursday night and get over Thursday night and move on to the next one. I'd urge anyone around West Cork on Thursday night to pop along to Skibbery. That's 8 o'clock for West Cork against St. Vals. It's, it's a game where you're going to have some of Cork's finest current players, some of the legends of the past, some of the, some of the up-and-comers of the future. Like It's, it's, it's fantastic that this game is, is here in, in the heart of West Cork. So anyone listening to this podcast, again, 8 o'clock, Skibbery, this Thursday night, July 4th. That's West Cork against St. Vals in their first game the county senior championship. Brian, thanks for coming along and best of luck for season eight. Thanks, Millet. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, we've mentioned Cork's crunch 
round four qualifier clash with Leash and the West Cork ladies getting their season up and running this week. But what else can we look forward to in Thursday's Star Sports section? Um, it, it's getting very busy now, Jack, to be fair. Kind of, you have the inter-county scene and the club scene kind of kicked back into action the weekend just gone as well. Um, it's worth noting that we have a full page on the Carberry Muskery Senior Camogie Championship preliminary round game. So it's great to see Carberry get off to a winning start. They beat Muskery there. And it's quite a strong Carberry team this year with the likes of Orla Cronin and Libby Coppinger and so on. So fantastic start for the Carberry um, Senior Camogie team. And we have reaction from goalkeeper Emer White from Barry Rowe. Um, also sticking to ladies GAA um, Cork won the Munster Under 21 final last weekend against Kerry with Ross Garbury Sarah Hayes captaining the Rebels so we've reaction and a match report from that game and an interview with, with Sarah with Sarah Hayes we also have an interview with Island Rovers Peter Driscoll who's a Cork Under 20 and the Cork Under 20s kick off their Munster Championship campaign next week so um, Dennis Hurley sat down with Peter to get his thoughts about, about the Cork under 20s and Ireland Rovers as well because Ireland have been going great guns at the moment and they won promotion there from Division 3 of the County League um, there's loads in the check another one to pick out is Phil Healy our current West Cork Sports Star of the Year Phil is competing in the World University um, Championships in Naples next week and she had been targeting this for the last two years Jack but her plans were disrupted 10 weeks ago she broke her foot she was she was in Naples on a warm weather sorry she was in Malta in a warm weather training camp walking down a cobble steps in in uh, in the the old town in Valletta um, twisted her ankle and she fractured a metatarsal so it kind of threw her preparations into disarray very uneven surfaces in the old town of Valletta the old towns anywhere I'd say in in, uh, in in across kind of continental Europe kind of your you could easily do an ankle and that happened to happen to Phil so at, at one point there was. Is even looking unlikely that, that she would compete, but in fairness to her, she actually healed, and it doesn't surprise when you consider she's Ireland's fastest woman, but she healed quicker than doctors even anticipated. So she um she did stay off her feet, there was anti-gravity treadmill, she was in a boot and she's back now training. So we we did a good chat with Phil just about her expectations going into the World University Championships and when you're dealing with a with a sporting woman who kind of sets her sights really high to be heading into this championships and not being in the form that she wanted to be in or she hoped to be in, you know, for her to kind of readjust her her targets is um is quite an interesting read. So we've we've that we've that and a lot lot more in the star this week, Jack. And if you can't get to your local news agent or supermarket or wherever you usually buy your newspapers, you can still read the Southern Star online for less than two euro a week by just logging on to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper so log on and subscribe we've got a question in this week jack you've got to send in your questions to star sport podcast on a postcard please to star sport podcast the southern star island street skibbereen and it says jack i hear you're coaching boxing what's the one tip you'd give to all beginners just for those who don't know, Jack is a multi-talented sports person. Not only is he a soccer player with Baltimore, is he a, a hurler with O'Donovan Rasa, but he also boxes locally with Island Island River Island River Boxing Club based in Skibbereen. So, well, I think before I go any further, I think multi-talented might be a, a stretch too far. I take part <laughs> in in many sports, but. Uh, I've never been the, the star of any team in my I life, unfortunately. Don't, don't write yourself down, Jake. And but what I would say to anyone team. thinking about boxing, to 
our male listeners, I'd probably suggest always wear a cup. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is crouch down low when trying to avoid a body shot and the right hook lands where the sun don't shine. So uh, is, is that... Is that is no, that'll do. That'll do. Wear, a, so, wear a cup. Words of wisdom, wear a cup. Um, so now, here we go. I'm going to try and get this right for the first time in 20 And there's an added word in there this week as well. So this is the, the final line. Um, each week, I can never read this properly. So this is take 21. So here we go. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show. That wasn't bad. Got it. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.